Hello and welcome to This DVT Life. I'm your host, Renee Petrie. Great news. I was so touched by everyone's um, comments and emails that I got just from the first couple episodes I posted that actually I said, you know what, let's try and do this. Let's try and make a weekly episode. So here I am um, trying to put together something um, for us to be able to uh, continue the conversation. Uh, It'll be another meandering from me, so I apologize for that, but I've got some great things up and coming um, as we proceed. So thanks again for all you who are listening. I want to tell you a little story a story that hopefully will make sense, a story that's full of sense and senses, or consensus maybe. Yes, that's the moral. We all agree. This story started a long time ago, when I must have been just a wee little girl, well, at least a little bit younger than I am now, but we enter in a moment of change. It was winter, way better than the the weather we're having now. It was cold, of course, but a kind of cold that I really didn't notice. I hung up the phone and knew just what I needed to do. I got on my coat, gray, one pocket torn, my toque, which is Canadian for a winter hat, and thick black leather gloves. Strong. Boxing gloves, almost. I could hit someone, it wouldn't even hurt my hand. Boots were on in a flash. I was moving, bound and direct. Destination unknown. What Werner and Kaplan described as the organistic cycle of a basic process of life from one cell to higher beings. The instabilities and possible threats to the organism are perceived or sensed, causing an internal response. This response then leads to a process of assessment and preparation for a response back toward the environment, and then an action, moving away, expelling a chemical, performing a behavior, speaking. A response was needed, Suddenly, something wasn't not right. Some, something was not right. Something was changing, and I needed to respond. As I exhaled, my breath could be seen protruding from my mouth into the world in front of me, full of despair and disgust and dread, full of death, or at least too much carbon dioxide. And if you were to ask me now what was I doing and where I was going, how many steps did I take, I couldn't answer. All I remember is the exhalation and the crunch of the well-packed snow under my foot. The purpose of the behavior is always to achieve an increased equilibrium with the environment, either by reducing the presenting instabilities by various forms of controlling the environment, for example, in static equilibrium, or in finding a way to adapt to the instabilities by expanding one's own repertoire of responses, for example, in dynamic equilibrium. I knew that I didn't need to pay attention to where I was going. I had walked this way, well, not exactly this way, but I had walked this sidewalk for at least 26 years. First when I was seven and afraid of the giant raven swooping down and catching me up and taking me away, says the pilot on my first flight to Yellowknife. I mean, who does that to a little girl? To the 30-something-year-old woman who just hung up, hung up the phone with her now ex-girlfriend, the woman she was supposed to marry. Something's always bothered me about pilots ever since. I hate when they stand there after you've flown across the country and say thank you as you walk past. I mean, what did I do? I just tried my best to sit still and not disrupt the overall equilibrium of the plane, all the while while also not trying to inhale anyone's farts with all that recycled air. As I exhaled, my breath could be seen protruding from my mouth into the world in front of me, full of despair and disgust and dread, full of death. 
Not quite full of life, but the crunch of the snow helped. Approaching the near end of the street, right where I take the shortcut through the alley, right where I would walk to high school and wake and baked with my first boyfriend and the dark looming friend of his, my soon-to-be stalker, I felt my right leg almost stutter in midair. Not sure if I should turn towards the shortcut or if in fact it was a shortcut anymore. It felt very different as my right leg came down on the sidewalk pack with snow. Like that scary sound boats make in the water when they hit icebergs. Like Like a stretching of each metal or wood or muscle that was built in one position is being forced to assume another. This response then leads to a process of assessment and preparation for a response back toward the environment, then an action, moving away, expelling a chemical, performing a behavior, speaking. In one-celled living beings, this may be entirely reflexive. In humans, it becomes noticing an instability in the environment, causing a feeling to arise, animating thoughts about what is happening and what to do about it, and then expressing behavior, physical or verbal. My left leg and foot take that crucial step away from the shortcut. Not today, I think. The snow is too deep. It's too dark. It's too... Turning the corner where all the cabbies live, I begin to quicken pace. My thoughts are swirling and unclear, unlike the air, which is so crisp, clean and helpful, particularly in this situation. A cleansing is needed. I listened on the phone that one time, to his voice, and I remember thinking, why were they allowing him on the phone? Why was he allowed to call my number? Weren't there supposed to be rules? Wasn't I supposed to have some kind of protection from the words that seeped out of his mouth and crushed every fiber twisted and wrapped around my aorta? Where were the heart police? Why did they let the phone connect and ring and the words into, in my ears, from my ears to my heart and to my hand, which took the phone and threw it across the tiny room I was in? Why didn't they save me from the schema that now circled my mind as I walked up the hill and past the spot where he wrote graffiti about me and my STD collection so I would see it on my walk home from my new boyfriend's house? Where were the heart police when you needed them? Noticing. The cycle begins when I notice the other in some aspect. A movement, a look, a word or phrasing. Noticing is sensing a stimulus from the other. Most behavior is highly repetitive, and the repetition of a stimulus is shifted to the background of consciousness. When a difference occurs in the stimulus, conscious awareness comes to life, and it, the difference, is noted, or excuse me, noticed, leading to the uh, evocation of a feeling. I noticed that I knew where I wanted to go, finally. I noticed that I was cycling and circling through by myself, noticing differences and not really having much more going on. Just noticing. I knew that I was going to walk to the sliding hill and up towards the rocks and back to my parents. The sliding hill. Taking a GT, which we would never own, by the way. It was too dangerous and too mainstream. But taking that GT down the hill with a yellow rope attached, a saucer, and spinning towards the bumps and flying toward the barriers created by all the snow that's been plowed, hoping you won't crash and break a leg or suddenly have to pee and then end up with a wet snowsuit in a chilly walk home. 
I began to climb over the barriers and take the long strides up the first part of the familiar hill. It was dark and the snow was misty, falling softly, but just tiny particles clumped together. Not the fat snow that I love. Just enough to know that something larger than you was, was determining the slipperiness of the, of the hill underfoot. As my long legs extended to continue towards the main rock path, I saw something different. Froze. The cycle begins when I notice the other in some aspect. A movement, a look, a word, or phrasing. Noticing is sensing a stimulus from the other. Most behavior is highly repetitive, and the repetition of a stimulus is shifted to the background of consciousness. When a difference occurs in the stimulus, conscious awareness comes to life, and it, the difference, is noticed, leading to the evocation of a feeling. My heart was beating, fast. Eyes were locked with what was before me. I didn't know what to do, and I didn't think I could do anything. I wasn't sure what the other was about to do. I took in their face their glowing and shimmering eyes, how low to the ground they were and what I interpreted as their frozen stance, one paw up, almost ready to step down. It was happening already. I couldn't stop the feelings of panic. The idea that perhaps I was about to get mauled, the opening of my pupils and letting in as much as their, as much of their reddish, grayish fur body into my sight as to get ready for was about to come. Feeling. Feeling is my internal response to what I have noticed, including emotional and cognitive reactions that my body experiences. Feeling is responsiveness to the feelings that are evoked by these discrepancies, for it is a difference that motivates feeling and desire. Often this feeling is very subtle, only a signal, a hint, a whiff of an attitude or urge. Other times it's quite strong. This time it was strong, but not forever. It actually didn't last. Panic, paw up, paw down, still, both of us, Canadian toque, gray coat, thick black leather gloves, furry head, reddish gray coat, thick black padded paws, ready to fight, ready to flight, freezing. Something was just right as I stared at the wild beast in front of me. I began to think about what this might mean. If Fox has made her appearance in your life, the solution to a problem is at hand. The fox spirit is a grand problem solver. She will guide you to solitude and silence until the way out is shown. A healthy combination of persistence and patience will strike a balance that picks apart a problem until it's solved. Alternatively, are you having trouble adjusting to new living situation or job? Do you feel like you're barely scraping by? When sly fox crosses your path, it can be a signal to open your eyes so you can see the situation for what it is, not as you wish it to be. The red in the fox is representative of a solar emblem. It deals with passion, intensity, desire, expression. The fox also encourages us to think outside the box and use our intelligence in different creative ways. The fox also brings us a message to try to approach our circumstances differently than we normally would. Be aware of some of our habits and try a different angle of action. The fox also is a reminder that we must utilize all of our resources, seen and unseen, in order to accomplish our goals. Sometimes this means calling upon some unorthodox methods. Furthermore, the fox is a sign to be mindful of our surroundings. 
They are effective shapeshifters and incredibly adaptable. The fox beckons us not to make too many waves, but rather adapt to our surroundings, blend into it, and use our surroundings and circumstances to our advantage. The fox. Glowing eyes. Still, both of us standing, not moving. Both assumedly thinking about what to do. What is the other going to do? Choose your own adventure. If that fox moves one more paw towards me, I will definitely begin to run. Not turning and running, but rather running backwards. Stride by stride, down the hill and over the barrier and back towards the sorrow that was the phone call. But, if I move forward, what would the fox do? Would it stay? Scurry? Do foxes scurry? Well, I guess they kind of scurry a little bit, but maybe they actually move or creep or or skulk. Oh, dear skulk, I don't want some fox skulking after me. I've had enough of that happen already. What am I even thinking? Animating. Animating is the reaction of my body to this feeling, a preparation for action or a response. It involves a translation of my feelings into preliminary forms and embodied images that will rise to expression and includes internal decisions regarding how I will express myself with words, in my fingers, with my feet, my eyes. These decisions are both conscious and unconscious and often can be seen themselves in body language. Animating is an act of engagement in the shaping of these feelings into revised images, forms, ideas, and preparation for the representation or symbolization and behavior. Yes, that's what I was doing. Trying to find the best shape to move, how to move, what to do, and how to do it so I can avoid any type of negative response from the fox because I really can't afford a mauling on top of everything else I was experiencing in the moment. I look into the fox's eyes, glowing in the night, snow falling down, and I begin to wonder, even in those slight nanoseconds between each step of the cycle, what the fox was thinking. What did it see about me? Why did it suddenly appear now and on its own? I take a step back and keep my eyes on the fox. I move slowly, but I cannot take my eyes off them. Their presence. Their pose. I am on solid ground and the fox stays still. We stay still, looking at each other. I exhale. Expressing. Expressing is communication back to the other. It is a response and is intended to be noticed, whether it is or not. It can be verbal, nonverbal, clear or vague, obvious or subtle. It can be authentic, meaning it was intended to express what was felt, or inauthentic, meaning it doesn't match how I felt but but was influenced by how I anticipate the other will respond to me or how I want to influence the other. These expressions in turn will be noticed, felt, animated, and expressed by the other person, and so on and back and forth. Through, Through our eyes, I got the message. I'm sure of it. I don't know what it is, not even today. I couldn't really tell you, but I got it. Somehow I understood. Once I've expressed something, the other responds in turn by noticing some aspect of my expression, then feeling, animating, and expressing something else. But what is this else? By else we mean difference. That is, a variation is introduced into the behavior, which I in turn notice. As I interact with this particular person, the set of variations in their behavior that I notice are organized into my mind to a concept of them. Likewise, it is through the operation of this recursive cycle that I form concepts of the world. I feel as if I nodded, and that the fox did in return. 
I reached for my cell phone to snap a picture of this encounter as I did not want to forget this fox who came to me and looked at me and saw as I walked in the snow in my Canadian toque away from the phone call that spoke the news that I knew was already coming. But I couldn't allow it into my sphere of existence. I actually rather just think and feel what I knew to be true, what I thought was true, and actually what I thought was true, I should say, actually rather than what was there, so I cycled alone, missing the moments of overlap and the openings to allow the new in. If I took the new in, I would have gotten to this spot much earlier, with the fox. But maybe I wouldn't have seen what I needed to see. We will never know. I turn away from the fox and walk towards and around the barriers, towards my parents and my used-to-be home, and I exhale differently. In a split second, as I moved through my recursive cycle, and, as assumedly the fox did as well, I was changed. Could I tell you what it was? Nah. Do I want to? No. (laughs) Do I need to? I mean, I don't think I could if I tried. You know, some things just can't be repeated. But I leave you as we step out of this moment of change and back into the space wherever you might be. In a human interaction, this recursive cycle proceeds very rapidly. When either party expresses some troubling or negative sign, the other will tend to restrict or question their spontaneous reaction for fear of making the situation worse. The need to protect oneself or an attempt to correct the situation will usually require suppression of one's animation and shaping or editing of one's expression. Unfortunately, these maneuvers are almost always sensed or noticed by the other party, who then also suppresses or edits their animation and expression, which is then in turn sensed by the first party. This cascading interaction leads rapidly to an increased complexity in the inner management of feeling, animating, and expressing within both parties, as well as an increasing uncertainty about what each party is really thinking. The situation threatens to become quite unstable. Socialization involves a learning of stabilizing tactics, for example, rules of polite behavior, civility, taking turns, tact, social conventions, approved excuses that prevent a loss of control. This is why children may get so easily upset in interaction with each other. This is why people in intimate relationships get so easily upset with each other because social conventions are not relevant or dispensed with. In the midst of such upsetting interactions, people either withdraw or make errors in noticing, feeling, animating, and expressing. The usual tactic for helping people handle these situations more effectively is by providing various structuring devices to help them maintain control and calm. This is necessary when the interactions are occurring in real space. But DVT uses a different space, called the play space, which does not restrict the process of this recursive cycle but which nevertheless provides a means by which the person can learn to manage effectively. Notice, feel, animate, express. So there you have it, another episode down, and hopefully the conversation's still going strong. Feel free to give me an email at thisdvtlife at gmail.com if you have any comments, questions, or any story ideas. Don't forget to subscribe at your iTunes store. Thanks again for listening. Take care and play on.